0: Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Welcome back to the tenth episode of the Short Track Talk. Today we got here a very experienced rider too. Like last week, we have the chance to have someone here who's ridden a lot of World Cups, who's ridden all around the world, and who has a lot of mountain bike experience. He's been performing really well. He's had a very regular season with some really big podiums and short tracks, especially which seem to fit him really well this year, especially. And he rides for the Cross Orland Cycling Team. So, for those who haven't guessed who I'm talking about yet, I'm talking about Thomas Letcher. So, good morning, Thomas. How are you doing today?
1: Good morning. All good. Relaxed days after the season. How's the preseason feeling? Are you bored already or not yet? No, actually, not. I'm. Uh, it sounds a little bit stupid, but I. I'm swifting around these days. I, have, I still have some power and I, I use it to have fun gaming on, on the computer. Well, that's
0: fair enough. And a big, big connection from the
1: bike. Have you ridden since your last race or not at all? Um, yes, I was just biking outside just, just for fun. Just not, not a lot of endurance. Just uh, go out and feel free. Just for a
0: normal ride. Yeah, that's, that's the lovely part of the bike, just enjoying it. And how are
1: you feeling? How's the season been for you? Uh, what's your point of view on that? Yeah, the season for me was really successful with a lot of uh, good result. And I also already would sign if I have the same season next year again. This season was uh, really good for me. But uh, in May, I also had a big crash. Uh, I fractured my rib and my shoulder. And this was... a. Uh, yeah this was a big part to to come back after this um uh, after this crash after this um uh, yeah broken bones how did you recover the shoulder is it fully recovered
0: now because sometimes the shoulder on the bike especially with some terms it can still be a little bit annoying
1: yeah the shoulders till till my i i've never been riding without pain every race I was painful and uh After my last race of the season, I I went back to the doctor and we did a new, uh, yeah, we checked everything again and uh, he still said, yeah, it's still, uh, it's still fractured and not 100% uh, healed. And uh, he said, yeah, it's actually, actually it's normal with this, uh, with this uh, accident I had, but uh, I'm happy that uh, I still could have ride or ridden my bike. So you have been riding with a fractured shoulder uh, for the last few races. Uh-huh. Yes, uh, it's part of the game. Um, I can stop my season and I can lose every all the racing, but uh, yes, it was possible to ride. And yeah, my legs also hurts and my shoulder also hurts. So my whole body was hurting, but uh, it was okay. I'd say it was a
0: really good end of the season for you. You had the bronze medal in the short track and Les Gets in the World Championships, uh, top ten, and in Valdez Holly. It was it was a really good season overall. And to know that you've been racing there with a fractured shoulder, it just makes makes it makes it even better, really. So uh, to change the p- topic a bit and to drift a little bit far further away from the bike now. I know it was, a, it was a while ago, it was a, a long time ago, but how did you first get on a get
1: bike? Um, when I was young, maybe I was around 12 or 13 years old and uh, I did a lot of sports. I did uh, athletics, I did soccer and I also had fun uh, riding my bike because my father was riding my bike and I I went with him to ride the bike and then once I get older and also with school and uh, apprenticeship and work uh, I had to decide or yeah people told me my parents told me I have to decide what I want to do because I don't have time for everything and uh, I choose the mountain biking over soccer and athletics and uh, actually it was a it was a good decision and I always had fun doing it. Uh, indeed, and I'd say you've kept
0: stuck with the decision since then for, well, if, if it was for 13, for 20 years now, so it's, it's been a long way. Yeah, 20 years, I okay, yeah. And how do you start racing internationally? You started on your under-23 category first, uh, going to places such as Germany and Switzerland, which is the ones close to home, I imagine. So how is that for you at the time?
1: Actually, it was, I think it was 2006 or 2007 in my junior categories. I started the international part of racing. And uh, yes, in this time I did an apprenticeship. I worked on the the community in the office, 100% full-time job. And then, uh, yeah, five o'clock in the evening I had time to train. And then uh, in the weekend was racing. This time was really full of... uh, yeah, my calendar was full and uh, it was working, learning and cycling and no free time. But um, yes, that was one part of my what maybe made me harder.
0: Yes, probably. And also uh, taught you what hard work really looked like. Uh, just finishing work and the apprenticeship and getting on the bike, getting home really tired and late. And next day, same thing. So it is really impressive that you did that and how do you manage to be
1: able to still want to get on the bike after spending the whole day at work yeah sometimes it was really hard sometimes i was i would have been lazy but then uh, my parents told me come you know what you want in sports and uh, follow your goals and uh, yeah and i also had a I had a cy- cycling club they all went on the bike in the around 6 or 6:30 after afternoon or evening and then it was easier with a group then you can motivate yourself more than going alone in the winter time when it's dark outside it was uh, would have been uh, harder but like this was was okay
0: yes it's definitely better company and just riding uh, not alone especially that time and just not spending time alone uh, while being really tired is just better and it makes it funnier and just uh, times go goes by quicker so thank you for sharing that and you've been racing a lot and you've raced in many races many places which one would you say
1: is your favorite this year was the first time in brazil and this was really impressive for me and i had these two weeks with the team in brazil it was one of the best time i had uh, in my life because it was yeah it's a nice country the people there are crazy about cycling and especially the track was really great. And uh, this pre-World Cup race, the weekend before the World Cup we did, it was awesome. And yeah, it was just two weeks full of, yeah, what, what I also like, warm weather, sun and uh, good food and good company and a nice cycling track. And um, that was amazing.
0: And it was also a really good weekend for you because uh, you went uh, second on the short track. Top ten in the cross countries. So it was a. I, I'd say you could tell you really enjoyed the place because you just had a really good weekend there, and it was also a really good weekend to start the World Cup season, even though you started in in Spain a few weeks earlier. And how do you how do you manage? Do you usually do the preseason in Spain, or do you try to do some some part of the preseason at home in Switzerland? Just uh, fly fly around to Spain and spend some time there with the weather and then just whatever the calendar takes you
1: yeah this year was uh, actually the cross Orleans cycling team changed with riders and then we did a training camp with uh, the team in uh, what Altea yes so to Alicante Valencia and uh yeah we we placed a training camp like this that we can do the racing down there so yeah and I also really liked. the uh, I like the racing in uh, La Nucia and uh, Panioles and Ceva. These are always really, really nice tracks to start the season. Then you know what's mountain biking again. It's yeah. crazy hard off road and uh, yeah, technical, pretty rough. And then the whole body knows again. Yeah. <laughs> what's the real impact of mountain biking?
0: Yes, pretty much. And it also takes it takes a lot of time, gym, uh, preparation, nutrition, cycling. It's just a lot of things that some people just don't have in mind when they see the races. They just think it's about the cycling, but it's, it's just way more than that. And that is really true. And for you, how do you feel yourself? It's going to be your second season with the Cross Island.
1: How has this year been for you racing in that team? Uh, the team actually brought me back to my my full potential I had or I also you know in uh, the watts and everything they always showed really good in training but training is not uh, the only thing you need good people around you that, uh, that that allows you to to perform well at the at the races and with the with the cross all cycling team I had I had a really good uh, surrounding that uh, really yeah just race and have fun and uh, no, no stress, no pressure, and they always stand behind me. If I also fucked up some races, they knew, uh, yeah, cancel oh, wow. it and next one. And uh, yeah, they always believed in me, and so I was really, uh, I felt free. I felt free to just race and have fun.
0: Well, that's really good. Like you mentioned, and everybody that comes to the podcast really talks about is that having a good structure and just a good team and good support and good teammates and mechanics and whoever's traveling with you with a positive attitude, it just does help a lot, especially to the riders who are the ones that are racing at the end of the day. And then depending on what position you do, it's been a good weekend for the team or not. So you got that extra pressure, if you can call it like that. So it's really good to hear that you feel comfortable in the, in the team and that you settled in well, I'd say. So you mentioned that Brazil has been your favorite place to race in because just because of the weather, the track, the food, the people, you had never been in Brazil before. <laughs> so we know the best place, but what would you say? You've had a long career so far and you're still going. So what has been your favorite race in your whole career?
1: Favorite race, I think it was the World Championship in Cairns, Australia. In Australia, because the weather was good. Also, sun, warm, really warm, nice mountain bike track, and uh, my performance also was really good there. And um, yeah, this was. I think the course there is one of the nicest around the world because it's just it's off-road mountain bike. It has it has everything. It has a longer uphill. Really technical downhills it's a it's a real mountain bike track and yeah this is one of really also my favorite track there
0: well that's fine
1: and like you mentioned
0: you had a bronze medal in those world championships so i imagine it's some really good memories with you and first time now changing again the topic a little bit uh first time you got selected to go with the national championship well, not with a national championship, to go with a national team to the Europeans as an under-23. Do you still remember those moments and how it felt?
1: Actually, the, in Switzerland, we have always uh, already the Swiss national team. Oh, I had it when I was junior. Now it's already under 17. They just uh, they start to build up the, the talents or that they, they start to search the talents early now in Switzerland. And that's what... What, uh, what maybe shows our, yeah, our strengths in this nation. But for me, the first time I met the Swiss national team was as a junior, around, yeah, 16, 17, in this age. And, uh, yeah, actually, it was, it was nice. It was all my, all my friends from racing in the, in the age uh, they have been there. And, uh, yeah, it was nice to, to start traveling, around Europe, around the world to, yeah, to race. And uh, yeah, it was a <laughs> yeah um, that's, big emotions. also.
0: Uh, that's fair enough. And I remember you've got really good memories like you just mentioned and you're just talking about. And now uh, last year, an Olympic cycle finish, you changed teams. But the good thing about uh, Tokyo being moved on is that you get another chance real soon so, is that your end goal to be able to be in Paris and qualify for that?
1: You know how it is in Switzerland to qualify for Olympics, <laughs> and yeah, especially it's, now, it's 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 crazy. It's uh, yeah, it's it's still a dream. I'm I missed it sometimes the qualification for uh, yeah for for a little, but it's still a it's still a dream for to work for Paris to to yeah fight for the qualification and to end maybe my career with that I have been at the olympics I was part and maybe also a good result and then yeah finishing the when is uh, finishing the career is 35 36 years old in mountain biking so is yeah it's just like a, a dream to could have been so long in this uh, in this cycling family absolutely now that you mentioned just retiring, do you think of a retirement sometimes? Oh, the last years I had a lot of thoughts about that. When you have a bad year, when when you're always fighting to find a team, when you yeah, when you just have when you just survive the year and uh, need to fight for a new team, and then you're thinking you're living in Switzerland, and the part of living in Switzerland is you need kind of uh, Salary to, to live, otherwise you yeah you, you die. No, die is the wrong word, but you yes, need kind of salary to live to to cover all the costs. And uh, in mountain biking, it's not not that easy when you don't deliver really good results. But yeah, now these uh, these thoughts they flew away because uh, I had a great season. I saw what my body is able to to do, and I really want to to continue some years to to have some good races and the results.
0: Well, that is definitely
1: the attitude. And if I can ask
0: you, when you had those thoughts, how do you get over them? Because it's not easy and they do take a lot of energy from you and you just keep thinking about it. So how were, were you able to get over those thoughts and say, I want to keep racing and this is what I want?
1: Yeah, these thoughts during the season, they are not so nice. And um, yeah, you always start to yeah. No. The, actually, I had these thoughts, and then I was relaxed. I have nothing to lose like this. Uh, yeah. Then I stopped and then then I had a good good result. And then uh, yeah, why should I stop when I still can do a top ten in the World Cup? It 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 always was like this. I, I I sometimes I fall I fell down to a low point of of motivation or of of of, uh, the focus about my future and then uh, actually then I was really relaxed and I went to the start line and then I got sixth or seventh in a world cup and then oh yes uh, I still can do it when I'm relaxed (laughs) and then yeah why should I stop then yeah, it's the importance of just
0: keeping going, keep working, and getting all those thoughts out. And like you mentioned, it's getting relaxed and being able to be in the short line relaxed, That just uh, helps you. Yeah. And now I'm going to ask you a bit of a difficult question, uh, you can call it. You've been racing with a lot of people by now. You've been for a long time riding in the World Cup. Uh, you've raced in different teams too. So is there someone... That you have a really healthy competitive relationship with someone that you're is your friend, but that when you're both on the start line next to each other, like you wanna, you
1: really wanna beat that guy, and he really wants to beat you. I don't know. I don't know. I have some, yeah, I have some good mates around, which I, I know, yeah, you know, like on uh, I racing, my teammate is like. When I'm riding with him and I see there's a long climb coming, I, I let him pass because I know he's faster. But the same is like when there is a difficult downhill, he, he just say, come, Tom, go. That's like this, we, we race together. And it was also, so, yeah, with some guys I have, they, they knew I may be faster than the downhill. And it was like a, a friendship in the race. But, but what about, yeah, you want to beat you want to beat everyone in front of you and uh, it's not like i won't especially beat this person sometimes in in switzerland it's about qualification you have to be in top 15 to qualify for for a european championship or for a world championship and then and then you have to pick maybe pick out maybe some swiss guys you have to be in front to qualify for a european championship and this is like this is like the the crazy story about Switzerland. We have to qualify for European Championship and for World Championship. And if you ride, um, yeah, if you ride top twenty in the World Cup, it's not enough to to qualify. And uh, for other other nations, they yeah they don't need to think about the qualification for European Championship. They have yeah they ride top twenty, top thirty, and they can go. But in Switzerland, also you always have the you need to fight for a place. To start well uh, that can be
0: stressful sometimes i imagine but then it also gives the country the level it has right now i'd say like last year in the olympics and the woman it was crazy three medals out of three for switzerland Uh, In the men's, Nino was fourth and Filippo was seventh, eighth. I don't really remember. But having such a strong level, it does require a lot of competitiveness. And like you mentioned, it can be very stressful at times because there's people at the Europeans that maybe don't even race all the World Cups that just go to a couple and are are in the 80th position or 60th. And they, they can go... And you're fighting for a top 15 to be able to go to the world, to the European championships and to the world. So like you mentioned, it is a bit of a difficult country in those terms because it's really competitive. But I'd say that competitiveness is just what gives it the level it has right now that I'd say the only one that come much, really much up to Switzerland right now is France, who's got really strong riders too. So, like you mentioned, I can, I can imagine it's really stressful at times, uh, especially just having that in the back of your head the whole time. But then uh, it also gives you guys a level, like you went to the World Championships and got a bronze and short track, for example. Like when people from Switzerland or from France go to Worlds and to Europeans,
1: they just don't go to the top 20 or to the top 30. They go to win. Yeah, but sometimes it's like this. It's like you have to fight always for the qualification. And in the end, you cannot prepare really well for this one race. Sometimes you are just, you are just there, but you are tired because you had to fight all the, the months before for the qualification and could not skip a race because you have to race. And then, yeah, yes, you are I... at the 100% level there.
0: Yeah, I understand what you mean.
1: Uh, That is totally true. The the
0: advantage that some riders have is that they, if they want to rest or they want to prepare a target uh, specifically, they can just skip a couple of World Cups and do some long training camps in order to be able to be at their finest form for the world or for the Europeans or whatever. And the difference is that in your case, you just have to go everywhere and race and it's a yes or yes. And that also plays a mental I'd say it also plays a really mental importance because it just, you're on the race line, you're tired and you don't really want to race. You just want it to stay at home that weekend. So that race is not going to go as well, obviously. So like you mentioned, it's tough. I know it's tough. But uh, then I just say, uh, it's just how the country works. <laughs> Nothing, not much we can do about it, sadly. And also...
1: I'm used to it Still, I'm uh, since I'm a child because it was always the same. From junior to under 23 to elite, it was always the same. So you get used to this.
0: Yes, uh, the competitiveness.
1: It also gives you strength, I'd say, because
0: not many people are willing to go to a stop line while being tired or while your legs hurt or while you've been racing and away from home for two months, for example. You you have to have a really good strength and mental strength to be able to do that. So that also gives you guys in general just a, an upper level, I'd say. It's, a, it's an upper step that then uh, just shows up in the big races. So, yeah, I didn't know that. I had no idea that you actually needed to qualify for the Europeans and and for the Worlds. So thank you for sharing that. That was really interesting, actually. And now, uh, leaving the bike aside a bit, uh, what is it you enjoy doing outside of the bike? You mentioned uh, you were playing computer games for a bit. No, that's Swift racing is for me like a computer game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see. So it's not really getting on the off the bike. So yeah. what is it you enjoy doing off the bike in general?
1: No, like now I try to I try to use the still the the warm the warm autumn days to just ride the bike to keep my fitness a little bit up, and then I do a break in the end of uh, October, November, beginning of November. I do I do nothing, no sports, nothing, and then. Uh, I do. Oh, I have some days with my girlfriend for holiday. Do nothing. See some parts of the world. And uh, yeah, it's just yeah. Are you going? Are you going anywhere this year? Uh, maybe, maybe Italy. We don't have a lot of days, so flying away it's uh, it's more stress than uh, taking the car and go go somewhere. But uh, yeah, we try to. To make the best out of some some days holiday, of course, and it's just about then having a good off season and
0: really resting properly. That then gives you the energy to start working back up, and that also just gives you at the end of the off season you probably just want to get on the bike and ride again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now uh, I was talking that you've been racing for a while. I've mentioned that many times, I know, but. Uh, the interesting thing with you and like it was with Antifstra last week is that you both race eliminators in World Cups and now you're racing short track. And in your case, you won an eliminator in Germany in a World Cup, but you're also getting really good results in short track. So can you choose one or is the one you enjoy more doing or was there like the eliminator was better for you instead of the short track?
1: I think in my age I lost a little bit uh, the maximum power I had in the eliminator when I was when I was younger. It's also for the, for this emil- emil- eliminator, you can you have to train a little bit different with maybe with max power. You have to train a little bit different than with with for a short race or for a for a cross country race. The short race is yeah these 20 minutes in the short race is even harder than the 90 minutes in a in a cross country race but yeah it was nice to be to to have been there at this eliminator because it was a it was a nice event for the spectators for the people we're watching but it also was kind of kind of more dangerous than the short race okay the short race is also <laughs> it's it's not a actually I had this talk in Val with, with with Andre. He came to me after the race and had told me, "Yeah, these riders they don't have respect anymore, and they ride like they ride like, uh, yeah, close the gap and close the yeah, where the front wheel have place, they just close close that gap. And the short race isn't anymore a race; it's a it's a fight because it's twenty minutes, and uh, you have to fight to be." on placed you have to really fight to keep the position because uh, there are a lot of strong riders and yeah it's you have to to fight 20 minutes and then uh, you survive Yes, it,
0: it's a survival fight, I'd say. And also, especially this year when they added the general classification, which involves money. Also, it's more pressure for the teams to be able to have a
1: good position there and the UCI yeah, which, points. Which which money in Mountain Bike World Cup? We can discuss this. There's no money in Mountain Bike World Cup, no prize money, nothing. Yeah. No, that is true. That is true.
0: No, but yes, it, it is very interesting what you're mentioning that just the fact that depending on the position you have on the short track, you're on uh, the front or at the back of the bunch at the start race on Sunday, it does play a big position if, if it does play a big role if you have a want to have a good race and just uh, perform as better as possible. So it is interesting uh, hearing those comments from the riders. I just find it interesting. I'm, a, I'm an expectator. I've never competed in mountain bike. I'm, I'm too slow for that. I'm not, a, not in good enough shape. But it, it's interesting hearing uh, some stories from the other side. This is one of the reasons I do the podcast. Because uh, sometimes uh, what, what looks on TV isn't really what really happens on the race. It's something totally different. And I wanted to ask you, you've been riding for a while at a really high level. So do you have, uh, especially nowadays, a lot of people have mental preparators and have nutritionists. So do you have anything uh, in those terms that someone that help you with the food you're eating and a sports psychologist uh, on with the team?
1: Yeah. I I tried to find a mental coach, but I I failed sometimes. I think this to find a mental coach, you have to find, do you have to talk with a lot of people to find out who is the right one for you and the, I stopped searching and I never actually had a mental coach. But for sure, sometimes I think uh, it could have been helpful. But I always uh, went through my really deep holes myself and I always came back to the point yeah, where I should be. So I managed this myself. And uh, the same with nutrition, with a nutrition coach, I had yeah, I, I'm already a long time in this mountain bike circus and I had some years. I, I watched too much about, I, about food. I just said, this is not good for me. This is not good for me. This is not good for me. And in this time I also lost the, the yeah, the, the happiness, the happiness of life. And I lost the the happiness of life. I lost the, the fun in about cycling and the, I was yeah, counting calories and all this shit and uh, that haven't been, uh, haven't made me faster. It made made me slower and uh, I kind of destroyed my, my body also with maybe not enough uh, not enough energy. What you need for sport when you when you when you don't eat enough you yeah you fuck up your body. You fuck up your immune system and then you're sick whole time and yeah when you don't have a person who really looks after you when you do this, I think you, you don't have an advantage about this. And uh, from then I started to just, yeah, eat, eat healthy, but also when you want, when you want something, when you, when you're starving about ice cream, when you're starving about pizza, just eat the pizza, just enjoy life. It's for me, life is food. And it's the same, like, yeah, having a glass of red wine or having a beer when you're starving about it's, just enjoy one, have fun when you have a good dinner with, uh, with friends or everything. It, when, the, when the mind is on the right point, the body is also on the right point. And is, it's about what, you, what makes you fast and happiness in life and uh, happiness about sports and everything. Absolutely. And
0: like you mentioned, just uh, the fact that uh, sometimes eating more just gives you more energy instead of less and having a good Im- immune system, especially for you guys, because you're always racing on the limit and really tired because of the training. So just uh, those then just don't eat enough and that don't have a strong immune system enough. They just get sick all the time because you, you're bringing your body to a limit every weekend. And then just uh, all the bad stuff starts to happen. So it's really it's really good hearing you saying that for, for you, food is life. I, I understand that. I live with that too. And is there something you really enjoy having after a race when you want to celebrate? I Like we want to celebrate something and you say, I'm going to have this because I really want it. Or, or something specifically that you just enjoy having at some times.
1: Having it sometimes, it's always nice to have a pizza or something after a race because I always uh, looking forward to something salty and uh, yeah, really. I don't know the word in English, but some real, yeah, <laughs> some real food. Yeah, and yeah, some some pizza make make me happy about after a race. And uh, this year I was in a Polish team, so you have a pizza and a beer because <laughs> in, in Poland with this team was a beer was like. It was like water <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was also 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 relaxed it was a relaxed uh, relaxed atmosphere and uh, it was always we always had some good food and drinks and the performance was always good.
0: Yes, I was gonna say you all had a pretty strong year in general for the team uh, both uh, you Bartholomew, and Andre have been performing really well mostly always in the top 30 of the world so having free riders in the top 30 of the world is really not that easy and it's just uh i'm sure the good atmosphere on the team contributes a lot to it and uh you've been like i mentioned you've been well like i've said a hundred times by now you've been racing for a while so have you who would you say is your biggest rival that you had to beat on a race so far like someone that you know you kept going you kept going and you kept dancing and you keep getting given that extra power and you just wouldn't go is there someone like that you've encountered
1: yeah it's actually nino he's unbeatable when you see career. <laughs> this is uh the guy to beat for over a lot of years and uh, yeah otherwise it's like this year in the world cup i really liked it how it was it was it was changing a lot between the, within the top 10. There's never been the same riders. Yeah, there has always been some same riders, but not always the same riders in the top 10. So it was uh, changing a lot. And you saw that the, 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 the level of the riders from the top 20 is so high that every, a lot of guys can do one day top 10 and the next day they are 15 or something. And I really liked it how it was this year.
0: Yes, I would say that each year just the level keeps getting higher and you guys just keep getting stronger with better, better technical movements and just better training and taking care of yourself. And it really for the spectators, for us, it's just, it's just even better because uh, sometimes, some days, like you mentioned, you got someone on the top five and then the next race is a top 20 and you got a whole completely different other guys. And I'm sure it's also, it's also better for you in terms of writing because it's not like when you had a uh, top 10 that no wouldn't move. But like, you know, if you're top 15, there can be races where you can be top 10 or top five even. So I'm sure that helps. So it's good. It's good that the level is evolving and we'll see where, where it stops because now uh, I don't know if you've kept up, but there's a lot of big teams by the looks of it coming into the World Cup with the nails, uh, with Pauline and Pitcock. And then uh, with Jumbo Misma to win the race uh, with Milan Wader, that he'll, it looks like he's going to be back. Yes, so- Milan, was,
1: uh, Milan was actually one of the nicest uh, teammates I had in the uh, KMC Obea. And, uh, I'm looking forward to see him back in the in the mountain bike circles.
0: Yes, especially after his big accident this year. It's, it's crazy. He's back on the bike and just wants to race even more. And also, uh, there's, well, there's many rumors in general of people coming in or coming out or, well, you know how that works, especially. Tell
1: me some rumors. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, well, like you
0: mentioned, like I mentioned already, as Jumbo uh, building up a structure for uh, cross-country Olympic, when uh, nobody really knows about that, but that's that's what's sounding like. And also... Uh, there's rumors about Commonwealth starting to develop cross-country Olympic bikes instead of only downhill like they've been doing so far. So there's there's many options and there's many many things that could go. And there's also rumors about if Pauline's gonna ride on her own with Pitcock or are they gonna have anybody else join them? So because Ineos is coming in with the big money, like like in every sport they come in with. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how that goes. And yeah, let me think. Uh, I can ask you something else. Uh, I know what I can ask you. Uh you've been racing in Spain, like you mentioned. I'm Spanish, so I have to ask. You've been racing in La Nucia in Chelva and in Bayoles, And you've been racing in Bayoles for, for a few years now because it's it's been a big race in Europe in general. And how why is it what's the attractive for every rider? There's a lot of riders doing pre season and those races in Spain. So why why is it? What's the reason
1: for that? I just like the atmosphere of racing in Spain because the people there are so so emotional about cycling, they are real fans, and they are they are real fans. They show the, the love about sport, and then yeah, it's that what also I like to race in Spain, and, and uh, it's also for me. It's I like to race in the warmer conditions, and uh, the tracks are really good. So it's actually for me a good place to prepare the
0: season. Absolutely, uh, and like you mentioned, going back to the beginning of the interview a little bit. Uh, you said your shoulder was a stro- still fractured. So are you going to have any surgeries now in the off season to try and fix it? Or is it going to fix by its own?
1: It just needs, needs the time to heal okay.
0: itself. So it, then time it is. Well, uh, thank you for the interview. I have really enjoyed it. It was lots of interesting things I didn't really know about, and it's always good to find out this kind of things and just learn in general. And as the last question of the podcast, I promise, can you give me? I always put a song at the end of the podcast, and I ask the writer to give me a song to put at the end of the podcast. So
1: if you could give me a song to put on, it's hard. I have to see on Spotify what I'm what I'm listening, listening <laughs> the most. Give me a second it's usually the question that takes longer to answer I, I could i could give you a song for my to to i'm searching the i'm searching the word
0: it's just a song you enjoy listening to or something that you have uh before a race i don't really mind just something you enjoy listening to
1: i just uh, I, i'm actually always in the main stage in spotify and uh, this <laughs> this show yeah i cannot tell you a song especially sorry for this. but wait i find one uh so thank you for coming uh thomas
0: it's been a true pleasure thank you for sharing all those stories with us and i wish you the very best and a good recovery with that shoulder
1: thanks and uh, in your future when you have some really special topics to discuss or when you want to do a world, i know a podcast about one topic, maybe about food or whatever, or training, and just let me know. Maybe I can. Um, okay, show yeah, guys.
0: of course. Uh, thank you, thank you, and take care. Bye. Yeah.